On this week's show, Steve Watts' delight as Hive hit Whitstable Town for six. I asked the boys to make a statement last night, um, more, more often ten, or what we want to try and do, and um, well, we certainly carried that instruction out, if you like, and, and give me the statement I asked for. James Collins is feeling good after Faversham's bright start to the season. I definitely would have took eight points from our first four games. But there's woe for Dover as they're hammered at home by Aldershot. There's six players out of that 11 that have played at this level and above. They're the familiar ones that let us down tonight. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. The football is really coming thick and fast at the moment. This week is no exception. We've got three interviews you to enjoy this week. Well, I suppose two that you might enjoy and the other one, not so much. Uh, I'm John Phipps, still battered and bruised and my month has got even better thanks to a buggered boiler. And on the line now is a man who genuinely sent me a lot of negative messages this week and that was before, well, you know, Tuesday night. Matt Gerrard taking the football away for a little bit. How are you? Oh, bad. How much is that boiler going to cost you? That's... Oh, let's not talk about it. Let's let's just say Rishi's grant is on its way out. Oh, right. <laughs> it's not going to do all that. Is that an industrial strength one you've got? No, it's just a normal one, but it's um it's 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 old, so it needs replacing. Uh, it started on Sunday night. Um, I didn't notice because I was here on my own Sunday night. Um, and then got a Monday morning, got in the shower, and I was like, mm, that's not getting warm uh we had a guest leave uh we've got some more guests coming tomorrow who we've contacted because we don't know if they're going to want to stay in this ice block of a building with no hot water uh british oh, gas has so say coming to fix it tomorrow but uh we shall see because they the service you've had from them hasn't been sparkling shall we say but have you got the insurance that buy the parts or you have to buy all the parts no we've, we've got we've got uh business care with them so that will, will right. be covered um, but we are going to get a new boiler. I've already had two plumbers around to have a look at it, so I'm not messing about. It's a good time. It's a, a better time for it to happen than, say, in the middle of the summer because of the hot water issue, yeah. um, and also because of the uh, because we're quiet. So, you know, and as we're probably getting ready to go into another lockdown period, uh, it's probably not the worst timing in the world. But I mean, there's, there's no good timing for it, is there? So no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, ways, but it pours, mate. What a time to be alive, eh? We're living the dream. Um, anyway, it's our 141st episode this week, and that, of course, is the three digits you stick in front of your phone number if you don't want the other person to know your your own number. Good for prank calling, and I suppose if I might need to call a B&B guest and not them not want them to have my number. Aside from that, in the day and age of I'm not answering a withheld number, it seems a bit outdated to me. It used to be fun back in the day when it was all landlines, though, I'll bet. Matt, did you ever used to play those tricks? Um, yes, I did, and also my daughter said one of her friends rang up McDonald's and, up and tried to order a thousand chicken nuggets yesterday. The other day, so then, <laughs> then then pranked them when they finished the call. So it still goes on. Um, a thousand chicken, chicken nuggets. nuggets. Yeah, they, they, from that. How much did that cost? I don't know, but then they just sort of, you know, then they said some kids dying that I couldn't understand the words, and then they did it there. So it must have my daughter said one of her friends had did that. So I blame the parents. Yeah, and one thing, uh, my favourite prank has always been when you're driving along the road, yeah. beep your horn at somebody and wave, because 99% <laughs> of the time they would always wave. I always thought that was hilarious, even though you don't know these people, because then we go for about 10 minutes. Who the hell's that? You know, you know, you get that. So I, I, I probably would still do that now, because I do think that's one of the funniest ones. You just sort of wave out the window at people. When they, As if you know them, they, yeah. And they'll always wave back. They always will. Yeah, so, yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, comedy gold, that. 
Yeah, it might make, make someone's day. They might not have a lot of other people to wave at and smile at. So, you know, fair play. You're doing a service, good service for the community there, mate. Yeah, it, it always makes me laugh as well. <laughs> One of those, you know, it's like when you put your um, hand under your armpit. That always makes me laugh as well. And did that sort of flatulence noise. Good. Well, I'm glad we're cheering you up in some way. <laughs> Well, I probably need a lot of that down after yesterday, yeah. Well, exactly. I didn't think you'd be laughing, what, five minutes into the podcast, but that's uh, that's a real positive start to the show, so that's good. Uh, let's so talk about the... Anybody listening, just drive down the street next time they're doing it, if they're listening in the car, just the next person you see, beep your horn and just sort of wave, and I bet they wave back. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, let's go on with the football then. Uh, we start with the FA Cup again. I actually saw someone on Facebook having a right old rant about the FA Cup scheduling, seemingly unaware that the options were either to cram all these games in now or have no non-league teams in it at all. Uh, anyway, the third qualifying round was held on Tuesday for most of our Kent clubs. At Chatham play at Haven't Waterloo, but on Wednesday, by which time this should all be edited and released. But it was very much a mixed bag for our teams on Tuesday. Sheppard United dared to dream as they led at half time against Eastbourne Borough thanks to Billy Bennett's goal, but a home side hit back with three second half strikes, including two in quick succession, to prevail 3 1. But our sole Isthmian League South East representative, Cray Valley PM, extended their record breaking run in the cup and are now just one game away from the big boys after they beat Averley 2 0 thanks to a pair of goals from Addy Youssef. Cray Wanderers, who had lost again on Sunday in the league, had a right old night of it down at Bristol, uh, leading 3 1 against Manor Farm at half time. But after a red card for each side, the home side hit back to take it to penalties, where Wanderers prevailed 4 2. The night didn't end there, though, as at a quarter to 11 last night, Tony Russell tweeted, One of the boys is in hospital so we are still here. Um, it was actually a serious incident as Reese Murrell Williamson suffered severe anaphylaxis and had to be rushed to hospital. But after two doses of adrenaline, he was able to travel back home. That info's all come from Ali Maloney, the uh, Wanderers physio on Twitter. They should really follow her. She's, she's a good follow. Um, as the club's official Twitter account posted a link to the match report at 4.29am, it's safe to say it was a long old day for everyone at Cray Wanderers, but they're in the hat. Uh, quite some character they showed there, Matt. Didn't have the, the other team have the goal he sent off? I looked. Yep. Yeah, and who got sent off for Cray? One of the Cray players. They said, yeah, it must be a run. Yeah, I thought when they, were, <laughs> I, I looked at half time when they were winning, I was sure the keeper had sent off. I expected them to go through because you know they score goals. Have Cray Wanderers ever been in the first round of the FA Cup? I don't think they have. Great, good, you know. They it's only the second good. time they've ever been in the fourth qualifying round, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, didn't they take, they'd love Bromley, I suppose, wouldn't they? That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? They play Bromley at Bromley and they can let people. They can let their own fans in, can't let Bromley in. <laughs> but no, good guys got and Cray Valley at fair play. You know, we know they're a cup side from what they did in the. Um, ben Mandeli was the van sent off for Cray Wanderers. Yeah, we know what they did for uh, the job they did in the FA Vales a couple of seasons ago. So they're a cup side, having a good season, fantastic achievement. They must be one of the lowest length sides left in the tournament, I'd have thought. But really good job that Kevin Watson is doing there. And I just hope the draw is kind for these two sides now. Would you want a big boy or a little boy, I suppose? I suppose you're not going to make much money, are you? So you probably want a little boy. Well, I guess so. And have the chance of getting through and not making any money in the first round. Yeah. Uh, also in the hat for Thursday's draw, Tunbridge Angels, who beat one of last season's FA Cup big stories, Chichester City 2-1. But there were exits for both Ebbs Fleet United and Maidstone United on penalties. Fleet had another epic penalty shootout, losing 9-8 to Chippenham after both goalkeepers ended up taking penalties. Jordan Holmes missed for Fleet, as had Rakeem Bingham earlier in the shootout. Uh, the game had ended 1-1 with another late goal for Ebbs Fleet. And Maidstone, well, an absolute nightmare for them. Uh, they missed their first three penalties in the shootout, lost 3-1 to Wimborne Town. 
but they've been so close to winning the tie in normal time. A 94th minute goal denying them as the game ended 2-2. Charlie Seaman got both goals for the Stones. And here's the killer. Scott Rendell, the only scorer in the shootout, missed a penalty that would have made it 3-1. A, a really bad night for Maidstone. They'll be disappointed with that one, Matt. Yeah. So after, you know, the, the character they've shown the first couple of games, coming back to beat Welling, coming back on Saturday against Havant, you know, and been a good cup side, haven't they? FA Cup side the last couple of seasons, Maidstone, always getting to the first round, I think, the last six seasons, I think. So it must work on the, um, the finances, must be a bit of a blow, going out like that, back to square one for them. And also, see, Ebsley, because the other team had a player sent off, you've got to drag a... You have to nominate a player and not take a penalty. Is that right? That yeah, that's right. Harsh. Yeah, no, that's always been the rule. So you always pick one. And you ta- you can't, I suppose you take your goalie out. He can't take, save the penalty, can he? I was gonna say, oh, no, but you can take the goalkeeper out as the one who wouldn't take one. So Jordan Holmes obviously fancied himself. Is it Reese Grant was taken out? What did I read somewhere? Well, Is he a striker? I'd be gutted if he uh, thought from that. Yeah, that seems... That must be... Well, that, surely that's unfair. I suppose you can't have more than... Surely they'd be able to take everybody to take a penalty and the other team just has to go around a little bit quicker. It's a bit of a nonsensical rule, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. You know, are, are, are any rules sensible at the moment? I'm not sure. No, no, no. But no, disappointment for Epstein from what the reports I get. They play some lovely football play teams off the path, but haven't really got that killer instinct at the moment, Epstein, um, to finish teams off. So you look at it, they've won, drawn three and won one, but not look that convincing apart from at Braintree. So... And, and I see the keepers, he's changing the side around quite a bit. I know he's got a big squad, so maybe he needs something to settle down there. But, you know, all our sides, apart from Tunbridge Angels in the Conference South, getting through, going out. So it's not good for the cup this year, is it? Not exactly. No, as I was about to say, the two Crays and Tunbridge Angels joined Dover and Bromley in the draw for the fourth qualifying round. So five teams in there. Uh, I'm guessing, Matt, at this moment in time, you wouldn't fancy any of those other three, would you? No. <laughs> Cray Valley had a use of hat trick. I only text somebody that. Oh, well, yeah, I would think um, the cup could be important for David to just work some funds to bring players in. But, you know, you, you could get, yeah, I would, if if any of the teams playing Dover, you'd probably be rubbing your hands after the last week they've had. So, mm, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. So, we'll get on to that in a minute. So, you, you're trying to depress me, aren't you? No, I'm, I, it genuinely was a question. Is there anyone out of those teams? Cray Valley, who have been brilliant in the Cup. Tunbridge Angels, who were desperate to get in the first round. Cray Wanderers, who were just really good. Are there any of those teams you would be happy Dover played? And the answer was uh, no. No, yeah, no, no. I did text somebody earlier. Cray Valley 2, Dover Neil, fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup. Adi Yusuf 2. The draw is on Thursday lunchtime uh, on TalkSport 2. Uh, and we will obviously share that on our social media when uh, when it happens. Let's move on then and have our first interview of the week. Let's hear all about a big away win. No, not you yet, Matt. Uh, as also on Tuesday night, Hythe Town hit Whitstable Town for six, moving up to second in the early standings in the process as well. So this morning I caught up with Manchester Watts. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was, you know, I knew it was going to be a tough game. Obviously, Whitstable won um, three in a bounce prior to last night and um, that was no block. It, it builds really good sides and... and um, we were tough, tough sides to beat. So we knew, we knew we were we were going to be in for a tough evening, if you like. And um, just talking to players before the game, um, there was a there was a, there was a car out for both sides last night. Obviously, if Whitstable got the three points, they could have gone joint top. Would be 
CD and we could have gone second, you know, so we, we, there was incentive for both sides, but I wanted to make it, I asked the boys to make a statement last night um, of, of intent of what we want to try and do and, um, well, we certainly carry that, that instruction out if you like and, and give me the statement I asked for, but more, more, more happy, as I said, for the we got what we deserved, really. I think in recent weeks we maybe have in terms of our performances. I think last night it all fell into place quite nicely. And um, we were we were very clear in front of goal. And by the end of the day, hard to get three points, a clean sheet, and we move on to the next one. Yeah, I mean, I look down your team and, and there's a lot of names that people will know who've been around the, 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 the sort of scene for, for a long time. And it looks like it's, it's finally starting to gel a little bit. Yeah, as I said, obviously, there was a lot of changes when we came in last year, so I knew it was going to take time. Um, obviously, towards the end of the last season, we started to gain momentum and started to be a lot more consistent in what, in what if you like, we, what I like my team to be. And obviously, the main the main factor for us of this season is to try and pick up where we left off um, last year, which I think we have to an extent, barring the, the Phoenix result, which I've never been involved in a game out of my life where you could and should be 4-5-0 at half-time and you end up losing 4-0. It was a bizarre game, but barring that second 45 minutes of Phoenix, I think we've been we've been quite consistent and if I like to think we're, um, uh, we've picked up um, a lot of points some tough games. I said that was a tough week, three games in six days. There was a seven Oaks on Wednesday, Ham Bay on Saturday and then Whitspool last night so um, I said to the boys before the 7 months game we'll look to rotate the squad which we have done I think there's not the same team started in that three games um, we um, looked to use the squad as best we could and rest players when we could we obviously getting players back obviously Felicia's first game back was last week he was bit, missed all pre-season as well really so got to manage like Alex Felicia but as I said to the board and the, the main thing of this off-season was to keep this squad together because um, it's got great potential and if we can keep it together and, and say, as I said picked up we were left off last year we gave ourselves a great chance of, of achieving something this year so I'm, I'm glad we're starting the way we have um, but obviously no yeah, funny you mentioned that Phoenix sports game. Because I was looking at all your results and I was like, that's an absolute aberration. So that was just a, an unbelievable game, was it? Where, where you played really well for, for half and then it all went wrong? Yeah, basically. I mean, for the first 45 minutes, I think the, the one sums up as that keeper was man match. And they won 4-0. Um, as I say, we're completely dominant. Um for 45 minutes you know we should easily for three or four goals we should score um, but great defender for Phoenix they put their bodies in the line and a, a, a great performance from the goalkeeper you've got to give them credit and they'll come out second half and start the same and then they score they score a world out of nothing you're 1-0 down after 52 minutes and then we have a mistake for the second goal from, uh, from our keeper um, and you're 2-0 down after 60 minutes so then you've got to open up a little bit more and try and get back at the game and then and then we start to get caught a little bit the game got stretched and then um, played in their hands as, as it went on but um, as I said the market down to poor 45 minutes from us and again you have to give Phoenix credit for the way they came out of second half and it's more importantly how they how they defended and, and, and put their bodies in line to, to keep that clean sheet and, and get the win when you look at this at this division, it's obviously going to be really tight. There's a lot of teams down in that sort of East Kent sort of area. And I, and I guess I remember Jim Ward many years ago saying to me, whoever comes out on top of the, the East Kent sort of area is going to be a really, really good side. And beating Herne Bay, beating Whitstable, you, you look like you're on course to, to be around there. And they're all big games, aren't they, these derbies? 
Yeah, of course they are. There's some great sides in Kent. There's some great sides in our league. Um, you look at the Randy League, and it seems to be a tight league. I've said to many people this season, I think it's going to be the hardest season to try and get out of it. I mean, a lot of clubs, you think, well, what's going on, that would have reined things in a little bit, but people seem to have invested in squads very well and built teams very very strongly. Um, so I think it's going to be one of the hardest seasons to actually get promoted out of this, uh, this league. Um but as you said, look, there's some talent in Kent and some strong sides in Kent. And um, as I said, I think I would agree with that. Whoever, if you like, comes up top of that level, if you like to call it a Kent league, if you like, uh, within the, within our league, um, you'd imagine that team will be, well, certainly in the playoffs, if not uh, winning it all out. You know, and obviously, got a tough game Saturday with Arsenal coming up. So if you like, last, in the last four games, have all been Kent Derby, big Kent Derby. So. Um, but there is a reason I built the squad where I have with that experience and a mix with, mix with some youth we've got some experienced players now that know how to handle if you like the pressures of the derbies and the pressures of if you like um, trying to get promotions yeah and obviously the game with Ashford is probably the standout tie from a Kent perspective in the FA Trophy this weekend and I guess they've not had a great start to the season so you'll be looking forward to it's another chance to, to make a statement as you say yeah it is but it's a Tommy a good, good friend of mine, Tommy, and he always builds fantastic sides. And one of the great successes out in the league. It's, I can only, if you like, um, aspire to be successful as he's been. You know, so it's you know, it's gonna be a tough game. It's gonna be a really tough game. Tom's, Tom says, don't come and, um, as you said, make it life easy for yourself. And so we, we're fully expecting them to come out the front Saturday and, 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 and give us a really tough game. Like, like we did last year. We didn't show up last year when they beat us at our place. So. We've, we've changed a lot since then, personnel-wise. But um, as I say, looking forward to it. It's going to be a tough afternoon, and as I said, I think the best team of the day will win, and it's it'll come down to if you like a little bit of quality that both sides have. But I, I won't read too much into if you like Ashford start the season. As I said, it's people last week were saying our start wasn't great, you know, and I think it's a couple of games and you find yourself up the table. It's still early days, but I think Ashford are definitely there or thereabouts in the season like they were last. Do you fancy a run in the trophy? I just want to win games, John. It's, it's, whatever it's saying, I'd like to win, you know. Um, obviously, everyone would like a run in a trophy. It's, it's, if you like, it's your realistic chance, if you like, to to go and do something special, you know. And you, you, you see these clubs last year, it's done, done well, Averleys, and, and that has done well last year, Concords. And it's um, it's a great it's a great competition to be in and be part of. Um, but look, like I say, every season in teams I've been part of, I want promotions. It's the league games are bread and butter, and um, so there's lot that we've enjoyed last night and that. But that result means nothing now because it's gone. Um, as I said, it's, you can't look at we, we can't we can't look at back at that result and if you like live off that. It's done now. You've got to move on to the next game. And obviously, Saturday's is a, is a trophy. I'd probably have liked another league game Saturday if they pick up some more points. But the trophy presents itself Saturday, and obviously, whatever competition we're in, we want to do well, and so we'll go out there Saturday to try, try and progress and see and see what it takes us. Seems to me, Matt, from that that after a slow start last year for for Steve Watt at Hyde, he's got his team and they're playing the way he wants them to play, and they're getting results. And and that game against Phoenix Sports, he mentioned it in there. That was an absolute freak show by the sound of it. They they dominated the game and, and still went on to lose and lose heavily. But Hyde Town, they're always a team that you expect to be up there in this level. And under Steve Watt, I think they've got every chance this season. Yeah, I presume, you know, look at the league table. I know it's early doors and I see they're up to second. But all I've noticed, hey, this season was that heavy defeat they had against Phoenix. And you thought, oh, what happened there? I haven't really seen them 
now they're picking up two points a game. The goal difference has turned round after that six one six nil win. Whitstable were up there as well. It was all up a good start to the season. So, and it was out without Franny Collin as well. So, you know, and you think, you know, look, Ashford started badly, but really it's been a good start for them. I think Hyde got some very experienced players. Your you Rogers, your Beckwiths, your Winters, Old Acre. You know, people think go Flisher's back. A really good experienced squad. Uh, maybe uh, some of them are past, we can say, veteran age into the 30s, but very, very key at, at this level to do a job. So, yeah, fair play to Steve Warren. I think he probably knows. He knows, having probably played at that level or the level above, he knows the kind of characters that he needs to get get out of this division, and he's probably got them, and that's a fine win. Again, you wouldn't have seen that coming 6-0. So, um, VCD at the top of the table, Hyde second. Um, yeah, after disappointing start really last season, but they seem to be turning the corner before lockdown. I think they'll be delighted with that. Yeah, I mean, as I said to him there, you look at the high team that was out last night and there's only going to be one or two players maximum who aren't well known mm. for having success at a higher level. So that kind of shows that, that they've got the they've got the tools there that they need. It is just having that consistency and I suppose sometimes having the motivation. But I look at that team and I think there can't be many teams in that level with that experience. And as you say, Steve Watt, part of a Maidstone team that was very successful and, and got promotions. Franny Collin, likewise, Alex Flisher, likewise. They know what it takes to to go up the leagues. And I think there's no reason why they can't have a really good season. No, you look at James Rogers. James Rogers must have won the South East Premier and promotion to the conference with things. So he basically in the game, there's not much more we win. You know, he's what he must be, what, 32, 33. You know, everywhere he goes, people rave about him and what he is for the team. Tom Winter, Franny Collins, good to see Alex Fisher back as well. Yeah, I think, you know, Whistable started a good season. And with some of the Whistable players, they're, they're well, you know, respected at this they're level. They're a good side, well. Whistable. Yeah, exactly, and he, yeah. he, said that, he said that himself. Yeah, so clinical, clinical. We will use that again. But clinical performance, and when can we say, when can we say that the Isthmian League Southeast Division, using its full title, when will it start thinking? Oh, yeah, because some of Whiteleaf have only played three, certain teams have only played four. Looks like the season's been here for about six weeks already. There's not many league games. When can we say? Oh, probably Christmas. What the league's going to look like? Pitching in uh, Isthmian League Southeast Division, oh, right. if you want to give it its full title. By the way, um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, even even this early table now, I was looking at it earlier, and you've got East Grinstead in third, have only played three games, well, so well, it's all they, over they, the place. They were terrible last season, weren't they? East yeah, they, they were bottom by a long way. So, yeah. um, but they've they've they obviously got more some good players in. Have East Grinstead got more points than they did now than the whole of last season? That is a right. good question. They won't. They probably won't be far off, to be honest. Have a I mean, obviously these tables never never counted for anything in the end. But um, uh, last season, East Grinstead Town uh, played 26 games. Yeah. Uh, they won one and ended up with 10 points. So right, there you go. So they were um, nine already. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if there's been an investment there or whatever, but I'd, I'd say probably it's safe to say there will be. Um, there <laughs> yeah, have been yeah. some investment somewhere along the line, especially looking at some of the names uh, that have turned up there. Also, uh, you did James Rogers a favour uh, because uh, from uh, from his very rough mass, he's at least thirty-five. James Rogers, uh, he? he was thirty. Well, apparently, he was thirty-two when he joined made when he joined Margate in uh, twenty seventeen. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's a veteran. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's had a great career. You know, I remember seeing him on his debut for Dover. So he's probably played for every side in Kent, but. 
if you went round his house, he'd, he's probably got loads of trophies on the wall. So at that level, you can't grumble with that, can you? What have I got on my wall? Not a lot. Oh, well, I've got, I'll tell you what I've got on my wall, actually. I've got two uh, KPBA finalist uh, plaques. Uh, oh, right. you know. Do I get sent one of them? Or you only get sent one this time. I've only got well, no, we've only got the, the the sort of paper board, but I'll get them to send the certificate when we later on when we come like fourth. I'm more interested in the goodie bag, mate. Do we get two of them? I don't, oh, that's a good question. I don't know if there's going to be goodie bags this year. I'm hoping they're going to be coming by uh, by post because the goodie bags we a couple of years two. ago were absolutely belting, weren't they? We I'll tell two. them. I'll yeah, tell them we want I, to. I won't. I will. You're still using that train ticket and you're rubbed out with pencil. <laughs> is, bizarrely, that is still on the kitchen table. When I, not that I'd go on the train. Yeah, that still gets rubbed out. I don't, they, hopefully get a new one of them. So if they are listening, anything to do with free train travel, please send my way. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, this is actually a football show and we've talked about high there. Elsewhere in that division, at the top of the table clash between VCD and East Grinstead on Tuesday night was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, on Saturday, as we've already heard, Hyde beat Herne Bay 1-0. Elsewhere, Ashford lost 3-0 at home to East Grinstead. VCD's perfect start was ended with a 2-1 loss at Hastings. Phoenix Sports lost 2-0 to so two penalties against Whitehawk. Ramsgate were beaten 2-1 at home by three bridges. Whitsball beat Burgess Hill Town 1-0. Cray Valley came from 2-0 down to draw at Whiteleaf with their recent signing Sam Hassler getting both of those goals. You'll be pleased to know there, Matt. He will be cup-tied if they get Dover. So that's uh, that's one thing less for you to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> that just leaves us with the game at the start of play. We're second against third in the Eastman League South East Division. Favisham met seven oaks. Two goals in the last three minutes meant it ended 1-1 between two managers who both share the same surname. So the next voice you hear will be a Collins. But which one? James, that's who. Here is the Faversham town boss. We had a few issues with Signal here, but hopefully this has worked out okay in the end. So here he is, James Collins. Yeah, well, happy with how we started. Um, uh, before that, we started with a uh, you know, win on penalties at, um, at home to Eastbourne in the FA Cup. Just really disappointed that we couldn't hang on on Saturday, really. But um, I, would, look, I definitely would have took eight points from our first four games. Um, but yeah, just a little bit disappointed that we couldn't hang on on Saturday. Yeah, you mentioned Saturday, the Collins derby, as I'm going to call it. I'm told it, it took a while to burst into life again. Uh, yeah, it probably took 87 minutes. To be honest, I don't think really much happened before that. Um, but look, we, you know, we 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 scored, and we should have seen the game out. But credit to them, they kept going, and um, and they they managed to they, they scored the last kick of the game, which like I said is, is incredibly frustrating. But I suppose we did it to Cray Valley on Tuesday, and um, it's all part and parcel of football. That was a great win for you up at Cray Valley as well, wasn't it? Because they're one of the teams that I think everyone thinks is going to be up there. But going up there and getting a result against them, that, that shows that you're no mugs this year. No, we're organised. We've got good players. We've got good honest players. We've got a good change room. Um, we've got good players as well. And uh, I, I watched, uh, we played against Cole Shorten in the FA Cup and I thought, I thought they were the best team I've played against standing on the sideline watching a team play. I, I thought they were outstanding. Then I went and watched... Clay Valley on the Wednesday night and I thought they were just as good. And I suppose it's, it's nearly a year since you took over at, at Faversham and I guess that last season obviously it was curtailed anyway but this is sort of your, your time to show this is your team. You know, when I came in the, 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 the remit was to keep the club. I think we would have stayed up. I think we were 18 points above each incidents and it doesn't seem I signed players I inherited it. They were my players. Um, it's just very hard in the middle of the season kind of to put a real stamp on it. So, I think during you know the time that we were in lockdown, it gave me time to really have a look what we need 
do. I mean, we've got in a, you know, as soon as we could really, probably a little bit earlier than most teams. And, and we've worked really, really hard in pre-season. And, and yeah, I thought I'm, I'm slow, but should put my stamp on it now. I suppose you say you started early and everything. What were the challenges for you of of, of having pre-season during the, these times? But also, I guess you're reaping the benefits of the fact you've done a lot of work now you've started and started so well. Yeah, well, I think last season, I, I, didn't, I didn't really feel that we were in a relegation fight. Uh, and we really in the playoffs, so... A lot of planning was done last year for this year, um, which um, which I think made it a little bit easier in pre-season because I already been able to identify who I wanted. Um, we put some seven days in the players last year, and we couldn't couldn't get them because they didn't want to leave or whatever. So the recruitment side of things was was fairly fairly straightforward. Um, early on, it was more about getting the guys into groups of six and bonding with their new teammates, and then. Yes, yeah, we we didn't train loads, but we we had a lot of games, and I, 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 it's something I've always done, and and we seem to be reaping the benefits at the moment, albeit we're only four games in, and uh, it's a thirty-eight game season or thirty-six this year, but um, we started very well. And when it comes to the FA Trophy, which you've got on Saturday, you're at home to Hartford Town, a similar level to you. It's a bit of a hiding to nothing, really, isn't it? Because I, I guess you're looking at it thinking, well, we aren't going to win this competition, but and the, the prize money's not amazing, but I suppose you just want to get as far as you can? Well, I've always been the same. I've, I've, I've always taken cup competition seriously. Um, and I, I just have a desire to win every single game that I'm in. And, and so I know that the change we've done as well. So we'll be taking it just as seriously as, as, a, as, a, as a new league game that we've had. We haven't got a midweek game this week. I'm pretty sure we haven't got a midweek game for seeding it, which, I, in fact, I know we haven't. So there's no reason to not go full strength, give it a real good go and see how far we can go. And, and for me, it's my first ever ever game in, in, in the trophy, so I'd, yeah, I'd love to get a win in it in my, in my first game. And how do you go about learning about Hartford? I think they're playing on Tuesday night. you got someone up there watching them, or, or do you just sort of think yeah, if we're no, doing them right, we're fine? No, no, I'm going to watch them tonight. It's something that I've always done. I always think that it's how I've always managed, I think. You know, it started as a reserve manager and, and sort of worked those levels and, and they've always relied on having to go and watch what other teams do. So I suppose it'll be a matter of seeing what sort of challenge they provide you then? Because it, it's an unknown quantity, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we know a little bit about them. I've had someone watch them that I know played against them the other day, so I know a little bit, but I'm always going to say myself this. I think you, uh, you just probably know a bit more what you're looking for opposed to when you send someone else and ask for certain things you you just get a better idea when you go and watch them first hand another side Matt Faversham who have started the season well and as I said to Steve Watt in there there's so many good teams in Kent and whoever comes out in this southeast Kent battle is going to be there or thereabouts with the start they've had they've had some really good results in there there's no reason why they can't be up there uh, I think you know, he mentioned Carl Shorten. Carl Shorten, I saw him against Margate, and Carl Shorten were a good side. So, um, going to Sitting Bull and winning, going to Cray Valley. We mentioned, give a lot of credit to Cray Valley here this season. Going in there, very unlucky not to hold on um, against Seven Oaks. A, a decent start to the season for them. Again, where were they last season? Struggled a little bit um, since Ray Turner left. I suppose they've been sort of they've gone through a few couple of managers. And, you know, he had them on the up at echelons of the league table for a number of years didn't he so I think um, again the players he's got um, I think again 
doing you know James Collins knows this level as well. You got people like you know mention our mate Harry Harden who's been around the house. He scored goals at a different level before. Uh, Matt Bourne's gone back there. He's basically played nearly 400 games for them. So, so you know, good basis of a squad to to go forward. So, oh, you know, I think um, Faversham should be absolutely delighted. Were they one of the sides that I think would be up there early on? Probably not, but maybe this year it's going to be a year of surprises and there's no reason why they can't carry on. They've got goals in it. Harry Hardin, we had him on the show before. If you get him fit and he, want, he carries on playing football, he'll score a lot of goals. He scored a lot of goals level below, and I think he can score a lot of goals at this level. Yeah, and Sam Buick uh, alongside him is very handy. And I'm also a big fan of Luke Watkins, uh, who is in goal for Faversham, mm. a, a, a solid goalkeeper who's played a lot of games at this level. And, and he's still not that that old, actually. He's, he's one of those players, he, he must be late 20s, maybe pushing 30, but he's Ramsgate played a lot of games. Day. Ramsgate, Whitstable, he's, he's yeah. been around um he's been around the, the that level and, and a really solid player he's a, he's a really good goalkeeper a nice fella as well um Luke, Luke Watkins and, and I, I looked at that and, and I just think Faversham this is the sort of team that they almost had under Ray Turner you know hard to beat um some good players in there you would look at it and say on paper are they the strongest team in the division no they're not but it's about that spirit you know almost you compare the team that Hyde put out last night to the team Faversham put out last night. I think if you look at that from experience only, you would say, well, Hyde have obviously got the edge on that. But I just think that the spirit that it seems James Collins has built in that Faversham camp in a year in charge, I think that's going to serve them really well over the com- over the course of the season. Yeah, I think we saw with Ray Turner. If if they're doing well, they get them let the manager do his job, what he can do. Gave Ray Turner a long job time in the job. And maybe James Collins has got that, you know, probably a year in the job, but probably he's what six months actually management because of lockdown. But good to see that he worked on things as well in lockdown as well, where he could go in. So certain clubs may have benefited from that. Of you know, maybe they'll have sort of a rejig, relook at what they were doing, and that can um, boost them in the future. Both the clubs we've spoken to from the Eastman League South East this week, they're, they're both in a similar situation really. They both had a disappointing start to last season, changed their manager, weren't where they would have wanted to be when the season was was curtailed in March. And now they've really used the time to build what they want to build and they're reaping the benefits of it now. And I, I guess in some ways, Steve, what was talking about Ashford and, and, and the disappointing start they've had, but his belief that Tommy Warlow will come good there, which I'm sure he will. But are the teams who don't feel they lost out having better starts than the teams who do feel they lost out? Is there a hangover for your Ashfords, for your Hastings, for, for the teams who are up there who are looking set for promotion? And it's the same in the SBA Premier as well. Folkestone haven't had a brilliant start. It seems to me teams who haven't had that disappointment are failing better than the ones who were up there last year. Well, maybe the sides that were doing all right didn't think, oh, we nothing need to change it. If we carry that on, we'd have got promoted. And maybe the the other sides who've said, oh, mate, yeah, as you say, it wasn't working out. Let's have a look at it. Let's look at our scouting. Let's look at the players we can bring in. It works for their favour. I, I think I think that's probably a, a really good point that you've made there. That Thanks. Had to happen someday. No, no, no. But I think, you know, if it wasn't broken, you know, you don't need to fix it for the sides at the top. But the other sides have had a look at it. You know, we know when you speak to managers, you know, they're always concentrating on the football, etc., of what they can do to better themselves. And they've had that time. And, uh Maybe, you know, the extra fitness work coming to the fore. So, yeah, interesting. And that's the thing as well, is you don't normally get a six-month break to completely assess everything. I mean, it's normally, you know, you get a month and you're back into pre-season, but they had six months off and and time to think. You know, they probably, if they were anything like me, they didn't have anything to do for three and a half months. So, you know, you could sit there and think about your squad. Is this how I want to play? Are these the players that are going to get in? 
what sort of player can I get in to make us stronger? And it's paying dividends. Yeah, I think you might find players have done that as well. When they think, right, this is the time to get myself fit. Get me, you know, as you say, people used it for, for the good purposes and players may have come back more hungry as well because they missed the game. Oh, and I wonder as well if some of them might have thought this is a short career. Let's make the best of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I say that the Southeast Division, I've sort of taken my eye off the ball because I'm so sort of looking at the scaffold every week and how crazy that is. But I think this could be an even as competitive. Absolutely. Uh, well, this weekend, there's no league action, as we've heard from both those managers. It's the FA Trophy uh, for our clubs. Whitstable travel to Ashford Town of Middlesex. Seven Oaks also on the road to Bracknell. Faversham, as we've already heard, host Hartford Town. And we also know that it's higher against Ashford United. Phoenix Sports are at home to Marlow. Ramsgate host Canby Island. And the rest of them are all Southeast Division ties. Sittingbourne at home to East Grinstead, VCD against Herne Bay, and Whiteleaf against Cray Valley PM for the second Saturday running. It's a tough one, isn't it, Matt? Because I've, I've said this before on this programme, and I've said it to both James and Steve. Uh, the FA Trophy is a bit of a a bit of a, a problem for these teams because realistically, are they going to get to Wembley? It was always the, my thought in it. But then last year, you saw Averley, who were at this level, having a really good run and getting to play Notts County. So with the FA Cup being as it is this year, and obviously all those teams apart from Cray Valley are out of it, why not have a go and, and just see where it takes you? Because we've seen upsets in the FA Cup, and I think we could see upsets in the FA Trophy all the way through. I think if you can get quite long into the competition, I don't know how important the sides uh at the higher end, maybe National League, particularly the National League, how are they going to take this competition seriously? A, because they won't be finishing the season till end of May. I think the final is in the middle of May, which is a pain if you're going for promotion for some of the big teams. So, And it's an extra game when you've been playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for about three months. Do you really want to get involved in a competition which is going to make you move Saturday games? So it could be the sort of season where uh, a lesser side or the National League side's not really interested as I say bothered then bothered with this competition so if you're a conference south side maybe a Ryman's league side you might go if the draw's kind to you you could have a bit of a run in it still calls it the Ryman it's never been the Ryman oh, I it's always it's always always been a Vauxhall conference well and, and I suppose it's like it's always going to be the Reebok stadium but it's not called that anymore is it, it having it first and for a long time is always so important uh, a couple of league games involving our sides on Tuesday in the, in the pitching in southeast division as Ashford host Whiteleaf and Cray Valley travel to Chichester in the Premier Division four games involving our sides yielded just one win which was for Folkestone Victor on Saturday as Dave Smith's goal sunk Potter's Bar Town there was defeat for Margate at Lewis and then Cray Wanderers suffered a 3-1 home loss to Bishop Stortford on Sunday and then Invicta went down 2-1 at Chesson on Tuesday night. Uh, Chess aren't the early leaders in that division, but 13 goals in their six games so far. Effective, but not exciting, I'd wager. They've also beaten both Folkestone and Margate so far this season. This weekend, Margate are at home to Worthing. Cray Wanderers travel to face Haringey Borough and Folkestone go to Leatherhead. And then on Tuesday, Bowers and Pitsy are the visitors to Folkestone. Margate travel to Enfield. And then on Wednesday night, Cray Wanderers host Bognor Regis Town. And none of our teams, Matt, are at the top of that table at the moment, which is something we've not been used to in recent years because we've had a real, a, a real run of teams having success obviously folks and have been up there every season uh, that we've done this podcast Cray Wanderers last year up there as well and, and you always hope and pray Margate will get up there but as things stand we've got Cray Wanderers 8th Folkestone 12th and Margate 17th so not a, 
a sparkling start, shall we say. Yeah, I think goals are a bit hard to come by for Margate. I mean, how many goals they scored this season? Not many, I don't think. Uh, in so, the league, they've got five. Yeah, I think it was a stroke. And when I saw them, they, you know, I think Jay Saunders was desperate for a striker in pre-season. It hasn't arrived yet from that. So, yeah, I think uh, Cray, I think maybe cup competitions in the back of their mind. And I'm surprised about Folkestone, but, you know, you're missing Ira Jackson, who was a key player for them. Dave Smith stood up for it. But, yeah, I think that, I think they might be, I think you're right, John. There could be a bit of a uh, sort of a hangover from last season. But Neil Cugley will try and uh, rectify that. And they went out the cup early doors, didn't it? So that must have knocked their confidence a bit. Yeah, and obviously Cray Wanderers had lost two league games in a row, uh, which were their first defeat since New Year's Day. So um, hopefully they'll I still fancy Cray though. That's yeah, I do as well. Goals, yeah. goals in that team, isn't there? So absolutely. Uh, and Freddie Parker is in absolutely stunning form at the moment. So uh, fair play to him. Uh, that, it's not very exciting in the uh, in the Eastern League Premier Division, but it is in the scaffold. Uh, there's a big old game on Saturday as well. Corinthian host Sheppey United. Corinthians still have a hundred percent record at the top of the table after Frankie Morgan's hat trick helped them to a four nil win at Wellington on Saturday Sheppey two points dropped so far this season uh, will pose a real test for Michael Golding's men I'm not going to be able to get to a game on Saturday I don't think but if I could that's where I'd be heading that's got the the makings of an absolute classic hasn't it uh, is it Sheppey at home are they no it's at Corinthian oh yeah well it'd be a number of uh, Sheppey fans probably going to Corinthian yeah it's a it's the first sort of Big hitters, I suppose, coming up against each other. Fair play to Corinthian, you know, giving them praise in seven out of seven. From a Sheppey point of view, if they lose it, I know it's um, you've got a game in hand, but they'll be eight points behind Corinthian. So early doors, it's 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 a big game, uh, I think, for that. And I think uh, plenty of good tackles and a bit of. I think it's the game in the. A game that, if you're going to watch it, you'll be entertained on and off the pitch, I thought. Yeah, I think there's going to be a bit of uh, plenty of needle going on there as well, because obviously Sheppey United want to win the league, and, and Corinthian, Corinthian, I suppose, for some of these clubs are a little bit like that annoying little brother that just won't leave you alone, because every year you can start to write them off at the start of the season, and, and I know Michael Golden's very good at playing things down as well, um, but you know every year you'd look at it and say, well, how are they doing this? But every year they keep on doing it, so that's what. Uh, is going to make for an entertaining game on Saturday. Uh, looking back at last weekend, uh, Beerstead lost 2-1 at AFC Croydon. Chatham won 5-1 at Beckenham. That's an absolutely cracking result. Jack Evans scored the first goal. I know you're a big fan of, uh, of keeping an eye on that one. Uh, uh, he put his mortgage on that. He always scores the first goal. Can, can you bet on the scaffold? I don't think you can, though. Uh, Iveth Town thumped Tower Hamlets 5-0. Glebe and Deal Town drew 1-1. There was another ruddy 0-0 and it involved Hollands and Blair again, uh, this time against Tunbridge Wells. And on Tuesday, Beckenham beat Iveth Town 3-1. Iveth and Belvedere went down 2-0 at Fisher. Lords were dead 2-0 after 12 minutes against Beerstead, but the Bears hit back to win that game by four goals to two. There were also a load of FA Vars games on Saturday. Didn't go particularly well, actually. Uh, but there were wins for Stansfeld, Irith and Belvedere, Holmesdale, Sutton Athletic and Sheppey United uh, before Kennington put seven past Shoreham on Sunday. The draw was released on Monday and there was one place that I had to Google. So we'll discuss that in a couple of weeks time. But a standout tie was a rematch uh, between Sheppey United and Sutton Athletic with the Ites having knocked the Division One side out of the FA Cup earlier this season. And I'll tell you what, Matt, looking at the Vars, there's not a whole lot of scaffold teams left in it, but... There are three teams left in it who I think could go a long, long way. Because obviously we've still got other teams to enter the competition. Uh, but for me, Sheppey United, I think, are going to be one of the favourites to win the FA Vars. I'm saying this now on the 14th of October. 
I expect Sheppey United to reach at least the quarterfinals of this year's FA Vars. Well, which well, I think I think you've got to think that the Chathams, the Sheppies, um will be the sides. Chatham, Sheppies and Corinthian will be the side in that Corinthian will be desperate to go one better. I think they'll be the sides to watch. Are they all now in this competition? Have Corinthian now joined it? No, no they don't join to the second round. Uh, what round are we in now? Jesus. Are, this is the first round proper and Corinthian, Chatham, Glebe and Deal all enter at the second round stage. So the next round of ties... Uh, is that because they've got good records in the competition, is it? Or yeah. yeah, it's all done on, on past runs, I think, in in the competition. So Deal went deep, deep in it last season, yeah. didn't they? they went and, they'll be looking, and they'll be looking to do that again. Uh, yeah. if the draw's favourable for them. So, yeah. again, with, with everything that's going, goodness knows, will this competition finish before the next one? Still hasn't finished. Yeah, finished yet. That's what I mean. This one finished. Next one finished. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Um, but yeah, so there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight scaffold teams in the first round proper draw, uh, as well as Sutton against Sheffield United. Kennington also play Fisher, so two will go out. But then Corinthian, Chatham, Glebe, and Dealtown all join in. So hopefully uh, we can get more teams uh, through. Uh, to, to, to get into that second round because the Vars is a fantastic competition and, and while I have my scepticism about the value of the FA Trophy for the teams in the Eastman League South East I think for the Scaffold teams the Vars is absolutely brilliant and I'm standing by my prediction as I say 14th of October uh, I stand by my prediction that I believe Sheppey United will reach at least the quarterfinals so good luck to them uh, don't prove me wrong lads is all I can say to that in division one for our teams on Saturday Russell won 4-0 at FC Elmstead Greenways beat Forest Hill Park 2-1 Kenfoot United beat Lewisham by the same score and SC Timsey won 3-1 at Snodland this weekend's fixtures in the scaffold in the Premier Division on Saturday Beersted against Glebe Chatham Town against AFC Croydon Corinthian against Sheppey United as we've already mentioned Deal take on Pointless Tower Hamlets, Irith and Belvedere host Canterbury City, it's Fisher against Tunbridge Wells, Hollands and Blair against Wellington, K Sports against Lordswood and Punjab United against Beckenham Town. Uh, full programme next midweek as well. Uh, Beersted against Crowborough, 7.30 kickoff on Tuesday. Beckenham against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, they've already met in the FA Cup this season, of course. Deal Town against Hollands and Blair, uh, just up the road from you there, Matt. Also two he- two heavyweights, Steve, Danny Kebwell and Stephen O'Brien, probably exactly. the best players in the, in the scaffold league. <laughs> Stephen O'Brien told me to say anyway. Absolutely. Irith and Belvedere against Corinthian. Uh, Glebe against Tower Hamlets. Sheppey United against Lordswood. And then on Wednesday, Canterbury against Chatham. Punjab against K-Sports. Wellington against Irith. Very quickly, the fixtures in the first division. Brighton Ropes against Kent Football United on Saturday. Olmsdale Greenways. Kennington against FC Olmsted. Lidtown against Forest Hill Park. Rustall against Lewisham Borough. SC Thamesmead against Croydon. Stansfeld against Meridian VP. And Sutton Athletic versus Snodland Town. That then just leaves us with the National League. And I have to say, Matt, when you called me up on your way home last night and had a right on my name, it actually cheered me right up. Uh, let's hear from White's boss Andy Hessen-Tyler after Dover Athletics' 5-0 home defeat to Aldershot. And then we'll see how you are the morning after the night before. So here is Andy Hessen-Tyler talking to Matt. Yeah, no, it's not acceptable, is it? You know, I'll take full responsibility for it. I'll pick the team, but that starting eleven was a strong team tonight. Um, but... Um, it looked like we didn't want to play, to be honest. It looked like they wanted the game off because there was a there was a hint that it could be off because of the pitch. Um, and, you know, what's not acceptable, they wanted it more than what, what we did. And, you know, I'm, I was brought up as a player that uh, you've got to go out there and you've got to give everything you can. You know, you might things might go against you. You might have a bad time with the football, but what you don't do, you don't give up. You don't, you don't you know, not work hard from the start to the finish. And, 
they they just outworked us and uh, you know, like I say it's, uh, it was an embarrassing night men against boys you know um, they scored you know you started a little bit brightly but again it's just the extra second ball the energy and you know, yeah. on your sides I wouldn't say that he's normally there but that, that was missing today yeah I just said that to him in there it's like I can't have that because that's not that doesn't that's not me as a person and you've you got you to go out um, when, when you, you know the type of manager I am you've got to go and give me everything you can and we haven't done that tonight and to be fair I think there's six players out of that 11 that have played at this level and, and above and I, they're the, for me the ones that let us down tonight you know, there's some that haven't played at this level. Um, we've got a 17-year-old kid out there who's just going back to school again tomorrow. And he was better than Will Avalon tonight. You know, it, it, what, what example does that set to a youngster, you know? Um, and it, it's not fair on him. And, you know, so that's what's disappointing. You know, the Oscar Goburns as well. They, 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 they've got... They can't do far better than that. And it looked like tonight that we just... We've turned up thinking we're playing all shot. We've played Notts County the first game here and it was almost like so much energy, you know, we're playing Notts County. Chalk and cheese the performance. Yes, yeah, completely. And, you know, I just... It just showed tonight that, you know, we're not good enough, you know. It's, you know, or are we good enough? It's just we we just didn't turn up tonight and just didn't run around. And you can't not run around. You have to you have to go from start to finish. And their players wanted it more than ours, and that's what really hurts me tonight. I've got to say. You know, you've been dealt a difficult card in the summer with what's going on, and the players. Some of the players you mentioned were uh, players who didn't want to take a pay cut. Is that part of the problem you've got at the moment? Is that still lingering around? I'm not going to hide behind that. You know, it has been difficult in terms of the situation with, you know, players having to take a pay cut, which hasn't happened. And, you know, um, we've been, you know, we've obviously got the budget we've got, but it doesn't matter what players are getting paid. I expect them to run around, don't matter what they're getting paid. And they didn't do that tonight. So I'm not going to hide behind the situation in the summer and the way things are with the Cody situation. I still expect my team, and they've proved they can do that. And that's the thing, is they've proved that against Notts County. And for spells, you know, against Bromley, 45 minutes at Stockport, you know, nil-nil at half-time. You know, so we are capable, and it was almost like turning up tonight. Well, we, we just got to turn up. Um, it, it was wet, it was horrible. Yes, we've had a long journey back from Stockport, and they didn't play the weekend, but they said, I think they had a friendly and whatever. But, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not making excuses for them. That, that, for me, we, we just totally not at it at all tonight, and, it's, you know, we've got to do something about that. What can you do about it? You know, you're looking to bring players in, but you've got a squad of 20. Well, we can't you know, get players in. Maybe, you know, maybe. Honestly, I'd rather play with the younger players if if the senior players are going to serve up that what they served up tonight. Because look what they do, they they will run around, but they'll make honest mistakes, you know. And tonight, you know, some of the senior boys, and I've told them in there, you know, I'm not telling you saying tonight they're not going to hear it. They've heard it from me in there, so. Um, they know I'm honest and I'll be honest with them all the time and I'll praise them. I'll praise them like I've done. But I can't praise them after that. You know, I, you know again, I, all I can say, apologise to, you know, in a way, I'm fortunate there's no, there's no fans in here tonight because it's embarrassing. I know they can watch it on the streaming and I'm sure they turned it off to, uh, at half time and I don't blame them for that. So, um, you know, we, we can't continue like that. That's 12 goals in three games as well, by the way. And uh, Is the goalkeeping position a concern for you? A little bit. A little bit. You know, um, I'm not sure how much he could have done for the goals tonight, the way we defended, but yeah, a little bit. I'm, you know, again, I'm being honest. Um, so, yeah, it's something to look at. But we, we can't defend the way we defended tonight. I mean, the first, 
the first few minutes, you know, I'm thinking, we're not at it. So they forced us into making a change, and we didn't want to change that because we've been doing well with that shape. Um, and it, and for, I've got to say, we made the change. It sort of most helped, looked like it helped us a little bit. I thought, yeah, okay, we settled down now, you know, but then we conceded the goal, and we just, I mean, the goals were embarrassing. So, Matt, um, have you ever seen your team lose 5 0 at home before? No, I've seen us lose 6 1. 6 1 away. Um, no, no, I don't think I have, really. Um, I think under Kinnear they lost 5 0 in his few early days in the season. They nearly got to the playoffs, but I wasn't that game. So, no, and um, it could have been 10, really. So, it was um, for poor finishing, not for good goalkeeping, I'll put it in that point of view. As we've heard Andy Hesentyler say there, um, obviously this is a young Dover team and it's an inexperienced Dover team. And his issue with last night was the players who've got the experience letting him and the t- and, and the, the, the rest of the team down. Uh, those players are obviously good players. It must be hard for them uh, motivationally wise because of everything that's gone on with their loss of wages and you know, it, it must be really hard as well when you were part of a team that had a chance of getting in the playoffs and looking half decent and then watching that team get decimated. It can't be good for your morale. Uh, so I understand Andy Hesitala, um criticising them, but I'm going to come on it and, and say, well, you know, it, it's it's a hard situation. It must be hard to do your absolute best all the time when, when you've been, in a way, treated the way they have. But even so professional footballers have some respect for your for your performance I was, you know last time last week I was quite optimistic wasn't I I thought you know <laughs> you were. I knew it wouldn't last I thought against Notts County and against Bromley you know I thought yeah we performed well and I didn't see the game against Stockport I didn't pay for the stream or anything like that and people I know said that we were good for the first half and then fell apart in the second half and against Stockport you know when you've got John Rooney's on two and a half grand a week and 70, they paid 75 grand for him that's a world away from where Dover are. But yesterday was just pathetic. It, it, there was nothing. I don't know, fair play to Aldershot. Apparently, you know, you know, my love for Aldershot is so high. It was lovely to be, be their record ever away win uh, from that. But I, I don't think Aldershot are going to be the side that are going to rip up this division. They'll be middle of the table. But there was no commitment, desire from the Dover team. And he's right. You had De Havilland gave away a silly goal. We're trying to be clever. Goburn. We'll move on from him because he was pathetic, to be honest. Um, doesn't do anything, slows the play down. Um, and I think, yeah, Andy Hester's got to work things in. He's got a squad of 20. He's got two goalkeepers. One, I would probably... And again, that's a major issue for them, the goalkeeping position, which I mentioned to Andy Hester in the interview, that he's got to somehow sort that out. Because, you know, if your team is struggling and you've got, you know, a goalkeeper who knows his level and... You know, and the two goalkeepers may get better in the future. He could be worth up to three to six points, isn't it? But you can't see on these keepers they can do. And I think they, once they've got the final, if everybody was fit at the back, you've got a decent back line. But you know, the, the keeper position is an issue, midfield position is an issue, and there's no goals in the team. So apart from that, yeah, yeah, apart from that, it's pretty, yeah, <laughs> no. But um, you know, I think it's if we'd be thumped by Notts County, Bromley and Stockport and then thumped by Aldershot, you'd have been oh, alright, but we could see what they did against Notts County and Bromley where they played some decent football, again it falls apart in the final third but we'll have to work on that, but the lack of commitment, desire and just uh, 
you know, you don't mind, you know, beaten by the better team, no disrespect, all the show, you know, give a bit of credit. Yeah, their front four, Josh Reese, you know, it's little things, you know, Josh Reese is a good player. He makes late runs into the box. I don't think a single Dover player, midfielder, ran into the penalty area, particularly in the first half, you know? There's no movement from that. And, you know, take, take away from Aldershot, they did a job on Dover and fair play to them. And Danny Searle, who's a really nice guy, the Aldershot manager was, you know, it's one game and he'll move up. You know, he was very complimentary of what Andy Hester can do, but it's frustrating. But at the moment, as I said to you, probably off air, John, Dover have got to hope that there's three sides worse than them in this division. And, you know, and I'm picking out the sides, your Wildstones, your Weymouth, your Altringhams, the sides you've come up, your Kings, Lins, and your sides like that. And Dover have all these sides to play by the end of November. That's the problem, though, isn't it? Because you've said already you could use a cup run to get some cash in. Uh, and I think I, I still think in, t- in time there could be an opportunity to get some players in. Yeah, yeah, yeah there might, there might well be. You know, I, I think once the Football League transfer window closes, it, things will open up. I was funny enough, I was just looking up both Mercian and Bexon to, to, you know, sort of say they're young lads. What, what are we going to do with them? But... Last year you had the, the the lad in from from Charlton who was really good. Could someone like him become available? But just not at the moment. So you're biding your time. But the, the problem is, if you if you've got all those big games coming up in that short space of time, you need to get things sorted quickly because if you if you lose all those games, you know, then you're going to be in in some sort of trouble, aren't you? And the sooner you can get yourselves a settled team, the more chance you've got of finishing above that dotted line. Yeah, and I think what I can say is that this side, on paper and in performance-wise, is worse than the side that saw Kinnear sacked. And you and you see when Andy Hessenthaler came in, he ripped that team apart because he knows it wasn't good enough. So, And I'm sure he looks at the thing from there. The only saving grace is Travis Gregory, who's been really good. Not playing in his right position, but he's got something about him down the right-hand side. If you can play him further up the field as a winger, I think he can cause problems because he can beat a man and he can whip a ball in. Unfortunately, there's nobody ever in the box to get on the end of it, but but he's done a, a, a good job. So, you know, at least, you know, I was thinking about that side that, you know, under Kinnear when he got sacked, you, you had the Brundles, you had the Effiong, so and you had the Locos. So you had sort of uh, maybe a spine of a side. Mm. This team, I would be concerned about the spine of the side because I don't I think there is one. is uh, I think you can already tell there's a little bit of frustration creeping in um, from Andy Hessen-Tyler. And, and yeah, 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 definitely. They're in, a, they're in a difficult situation, aren't they? Because if he were to, to go, if he were to walk away, say, I, I don't, who would you get in? Who could you afford to get in? And that person, whoever it would be, would be stuck with this squad. The, 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 this is the squad until you can work some magic and get some players in. And you've probably, in Andy Hessen-Tyler, got a man more capable of working that magic uh, than anybody else who who would be available, and and this is the, the the big issue. And I completely agree with you that the squad he inherited is stronger than what he's got now. Um, but his hands have been completely tied. And and you know I feel I feel sorry for Anhestal. I've known him for many years, and and you can I've never, I don't think I've ever heard him quite as frustrated uh, as I heard him speaking to you last night. And you know it, it, I. I he was obviously pretty angry at, at those senior players and, you know, singling players out. And that's not something he would normally do. So that's telling you that, that things aren't right. And the senior players 
have all got to step up and, and be counted. And one other thing I did want to ask you, Matt, you said, obviously, Gregory's been a big positive. What, what about the young lad? Absolute baptism of fire for Will Moses, 17-year-old, being chucked in against Stockport and then part of that absolute shambles last night. How has he looked? And, and yeah. is it a worry that you're putting a, an inexperienced kid in? Is it a um, worry that he will he will be harmed by this? All right. To be fair, he didn't look out of place. I think he had a better game than De Havilland. So from that, he did what he had to against some decent forwards from what all the shot I had. Um, yeah, what he's done for his confidence, what he's done for Bexham's confidence. He's come in and conceded eight goals in two games. Um, I don't, I don't think he made a save yesterday. Which I don't know if it's a credit on him or not really, because the way we were shot doing, and I bigged him up, he could boot it, but you know he just boots it and to nobody. So uh, that, that is, it is a concern. But I can't believe that David would get rid of, you know, Andy Hesson Salah again because they'd have to pay him off, and I don't think they've got the money to do that. Um, I read somewhere that somebody said an absolute fan. They said we were very similar to us last season when we had Gary Hill and when, when they were struggling badly, and they said it took 16 games to fix it with Gary Hill. Kevin Watson came in and arguably could have rescued him at the end of the season. So uh, Andy Hesson has his, his transfer dealings were brilliant in the first season he came in. Since then, I would probably say you put him down as a C minus because I think some of the signings for the contract he's given have been poor. So he's got to hold his hand up that some of the players he's brought in have not performed. And you can work out from what I've described earlier in this pod who I think they are. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I wouldn't be so downbeat if we hadn't bloody beaten Knox County. Yeah, if we, it's a hope that kills you, mate. It's a hope that kills you. Yeah, so I've got Torquay on Saturday. I'm not expecting much there. Then it's the FA Cup. You know, you could be away at Torquay in the FA Cup again. You're not expecting much. It could arguably happen. Um, but then you've got side, two home games, Yorkshire's and New Eastleys. You've got to be beaten then. You've got to be picking up points. And there will be... so. But uh, it comes back to Jim Parmenter, who's been very vocal about players, etc. like that. As you mentioned, it must have hurt there. The players, you know, these contract rebels, as I call them, and they're still getting their wages. Jim Par- it's, it's all down to Jim Parmenter. If he wants to stay in the National League, he's going to have to say to any star, there's some more money to bring players in. If not, they're going down. But does Jim Parmenter want that on his CV? But maybe he does. He thinks, oh, we can't. It's too expensive to run a club now so um it could be that could be the case and he's but uh, i love the national league as you know john yep. and then it took Dover a long time to get back into it if they got relegated again with the league and the sides of full time it could take them a long way to get out of it and of course i want to i want to see my side at the highest level possible they're not a football league club they're at the highest level arguably punching above the weight for the last seven years they've been in this but just show just show some fire in your and your balls, lads, because that's that's what the most disappointing thing is. And I think when people were watching the stream, and you read on there, I turned it off because it was that bad. You know, people uh, will be disappointed. Bromley were beaten home by Torquay on Saturday before becoming the first team to deny Hartlepool a win all season with a nil-nil draw at Victoria Park on Tuesday. I note, Matt, as well, very quickly, that Nassim Ogul has turned up at Bromley. Uh, and I'd imagine you'd have him back at Dover if you could. Yeah, Um yeah, he's a player. If you give him the ball, he'll cause all sorts of problems, and he'll put defenders on the um, on the on the back foot, which I think is what you need. And going into Dover, going back to Dover, they've got no legs in the midfield and no pace. 
So you're not going to get anywhere from there. So I'm really down about it. No, I'm not down I, about I, it. I, yeah, no, 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 just, ah, it, it could have been woken, I suppose. That's the other, the other thing last night. I've seen him, I've seen us lose 5 0 home to Aldershot and 6 run at my other favourite club, Woken. So who else don't I like to get a tonking from them and then I'll, you know, complete the hat trick? Yeah. Uh, this weekend, Dover's Travelling Comedy Roadshow heads down to Torquay, <laughs> while probably people already had one weekend off, have another after opponents altering and reported some positive COVID tests, so no game uh, for Bromley. Uh, in National League South, there were three draws out of four for our teams as Ebbsfleet and Dulwich Hamlet ended one apiece. There were no goals as Dartford travelled to Hampton and Richmond Borough. Maidstone hit back from 2-0 down to draw with Havant and Waterlooville. It was a 2-0 home defeat for Tumbridge Angels against Hungerford. Of course, no fans at any of those games. 20,000 at Ukraine against Spain last night and none allowed to watch Eastbourne Borough against Sheffield United. Madness. And on Saturday, uh, Maidstone are at home to Hemel Hempstead. Welling travelled to Slough for their second league game of the season. Tumbridge Angels are at Oxford City. Ebb Street go to St Albans. And Matt, I understand you're going to be at Dartford against Bath City. Interesting to see uh, two sides who were in the playoffs last season, how they're shaping up. Yeah, I think the Darts, I think they're friendly against... Well, Darts went out of the Cup, haven't conceded a goal in the league, have they? So, nil-nil, one-nil. So, plenty of firepower for the Darts. Still expect them to be up there. Bath did well in the Cup, winning at Slough, which is a good result for them. So, good test for the Darts, I would say. Good stuff. Bring us back a nice interview, will you? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. I'll try and get somebody on there. I think, yeah, I'll be interested to see the Darts. But going back to you said about people not being in, it's so flat with nobody being in. Because, you know, you come out, players come out separately, and there's not no music. And at half-time, it's just like, Oh, it's just started again. You know, uh, the games you've been at, have they still been announcing the substitutions over the PA system? No, there's only, no, and they haven't even noticed that. that in like the Premier League and stuff. Yeah. I, I, the, do you know what? The, the one positive about all this virus that I found is they've got rid of the stupid handshake at the start because I hated that. So I'm glad the teams are now coming out separately. I quite enjoy that. And I'm glad they're not all lining up to shake hands everybody for the game because that's always been absolutely pointless anyway uh very quickly mate um anything else you want to talk about because now we're done with the football um been watching the repair shop you ever watched that no nah, not for me well with somebody who's so cack-handed i'm amazed that these people can fix things up so i'm quite impressed with that still cobra kai i'm watching um no that's about it really uh i had to work at the weekend so I'm a bit worn out now i'm a bit worn out because i got in last night feels yeah 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 and I had to, and I'm a bit worn out now because I got in at la- got in it last night. But Addy has to tell us I got an absolute age to come out in the freezing cold at Crabble. So then I got then I got in the car, drove home, so fumid that we lost five nil. Woke the kids up, got shouted at by the wife. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was like, oh, what's happening here? We lost five nil. But words was, I don't care. So, <laughs> we wouldn't. I don't care. Team Mrs. So, Gerard this week. <laughs> yes, I don't care. At so, least you had a warm house to go home to, though, unlike me. And I just yeah, want yeah. to say very quickly, my non, uh, non-league football chat is uh, Nations League this week. Obviously, as people will know, I work for, I have another job, which means I watch Nations League games as part of my job. Uh, I have watched 480 minutes of football since Thursday. Would you like to guess, Matt Gerard, how many goals I've seen during that 480 minutes? Shouldn't it be 450 minutes? There's extra time in one of them. Extra time on the games on Thursday, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's five, so it's five games, five yep. and a half games. Yeah. Average uh, 15. I've seen two goals all weekend. <laughs> what did you see? Who did you have? Uh, so far, we've had Scotland nil, Israel nil after extra time. That was terrible, wasn't it? One shot on target in the whole game. Um, and then I did Spain 1, Switzerland nil on Saturday. On 
Saturday. And then on Sunday, I had an absolute dream. I had uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina nil, Netherlands nil, followed by Poland nil, and then last night I had Ukraine one, Spain nil, a 73rd minute goal, something like that. And I was genuinely at the stage now. So if you are of, uh, of, of betting persuasion, I've managed to get this out in time. I'd suggest put a lot of your pennies on Portugal nil, Sweden nil later on this evening. Especially the coronavirus Ronaldo out. Well, exactly. I see. But I was the. Um, I was going to say something now. What was I going to say? I've totally forgotten. I've lost, completely lost my tread about. I was going to say something a about. Friend of the show, Alex Hode, um, did uh, did a game on Sunday. Uh, and while I was sat through two I remember now. Goals, he had a 3-3. Yeah, I, I did text him. And I, I think I remember the game he said, and I checked on it. And I thought, oh, that sounds a classic. And he said, it was bloody hard work. So <laughs> yeah. <I> think, <laughs> maybe a little more so than you. I was going to say, I've got Scotland. If Scotland beat Serbia, is it the next one? I would have yeah. tickets to England, Scotland. And then to Wembley. Mate, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be watching Serbia against England. You ain't going to be watching <laughs> Scotland. Trust me, you're going to be watching Serbia. I, I I would back on Thursday night if it was Dover Athletic against Scotland, <laughs> I'd be in two minds. Honestly, <laughs> terrible right. football. Anyway, uh, I have got work to do this afternoon, so is Matt Gerrard. So we'd better crack on. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Gerrard. I'm at John Phipps eighty one. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well uh, for all of your uh, your goodness. Just search the Kent Nonley Podcast. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us this week. Uh, thanks to Matt Gerrard as always, and thanks everybody for listening we do really 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 appreciate it. hope you've enjoyed the show uh, we've certainly enjoyed the last couple of weeks it's been a bit back to basics us actually having a laugh which is really good fun uh, so we will look forward right, to doing it all. well sometimes yes so we'll look forward to doing it all again next week and we'll see how the dover comedy road show gets on down in devon uh, well i'll give you a high five next time i see you Please.